knowing what you're going to do and where you're going to go. Darkness is a place of helplessness. You ever been told darkness before and the, you're afraid to move? You might bump into something? I've walked into dark rooms, and I know you, you have too, and, and you're, you're trying to remember, okay, now where's that furniture at? Where's that chair? Where's that table? The light's not on. I'll make sure I don't trip over anything. It, it makes you feel uncertain and fearful. But when the light's on, you can see clearly. Christians are children of light, children of confidence. We have confidence this hour of uncertainty. We have confidence. Come on. Hallelujah. I got confidence. We used to sing that old song. We're not going to. Don't worry about it. But I've got confidence. God is going to see me through. No matter what the... I know he's going to fix it for me. Praise the Lord. I got confidence. You got any confident kids in the house? Amen. I'm not trying to be facetious here or trying to be play down anything, but really, honestly, you can look to those who are in the world out to destroy what is godly, what is good, and you look at them and say, hey, my pop's bigger than your pop. Our God's bigger than anything. Do you believe that this morning? How many here are going to join with me in the word of God this morning? Faith. I need some help this morning. My wife says I need a lot of help, but I need help this morning. I'm so glad to see some folks sitting in this way. This morning they were in the wings. It's like I was, I didn't have a lot, I had a whole lot of chairs to look at, but your face looks a whole lot better than a chair, the back of a chair. So I appreciate you so much today in the Lord. You can turn to your Bibles and be ready to, Look at the scripture found in Acts chapter 20, verse 22 through 27. I want to thank the worship team for their uh, due diligence, for their active role in providing music at 9 o'clock. i I, I got to be honest with you. It's hard to sing at 9 o'clock in the morning. You know, your voice isn't totally woke up. It's easier about a little bit later on in the day, in the morning, but at 9 o'clock, it's really something. So, And, and something i got to give the worship team a pat on the back. You know what? They're going to really learn my sermon real good because they get to hear it twice on Sundays. Boy, God's taking them through something, isn't he? He's, he's, he's discipling a people, the worship team, and so I appreciate them so much. But I do want this word to be remembered. And those who, who are online and those, I, I think I even asked Justin if he would to record this message. And you can listen and watch, uh, listen to the message on podcast through our website at rpcog.com. And I want you to hear, because I think all the folks who weren't in church this morning and a lot of folks for various reasons aren't here, and it's not all COVID virus, this is vacation season. So people are running in vacation season doing things. And I'm sure, I'm sure the, a lot of people feel like the bird's been let out of the cage. You know, they take off flying a little bit and go and do a little bit. But I'm so glad that you're here today and worshiping the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, man, you're looking really good today. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
I want to commend the parents been bringing your children. We have some at 9 o'clock that bring their children, and then also at the 11 o'clock hour, I want to commend you parents to be committed. And I want to encourage those who are watching that if you're at home to come and bring your children. We do have kid packs available for the kids to help keep them occupied, to help mom and dad. I think we really should have called them parent packs. Because I think it really, uh, the, the parents appreciate it more than anybody does. What's it? And, well, he, you would need talking to Mike. Yeah, there's a whistle. No, that's good. No, I just want everybody to hear what you said. There's a whistle. Yeah. Hey, hey, kids, you got your whistle? Got your Oh, wait a minute. No, no, we got to get it all together here, okay? Here's your chance to drive your parents crazy. Now, other than getting in your car on the way home doing this, but this, this when, when I count the three, all the kids, all the children, all you big kids out there, some of you are asking for whistles right now. Some of you adults are. So when I count to three, I want you to blow the whistle. And when you blow it, did you want to lead this? Come on up here. Okay, then. When I count to three, I want you to blow the whistle as loud as you can. I tell you what, let's just uh, let's make a sound that Gabriel be proud of. Uh, and a blowing a whistle. One, two, three. Oh, my goodness. Woo! All right. Hey, let's not put it to waste. Amen. I may give you later on in the message opportunity to blow that whistle again. So you pay attention. But don't do it until I give a signal. God bless you. Hey, parents, we'll take care of you. We will. We'll take care of you as a church. It's kind of like at Christmas time going to Grandma's house, you know. My mom one time several years ago, the... I have, there were several grandkids, probably about 20 kids, little kids in the house, in this little house. My mom went and got everybody a special uh, ray gun, and it made noise, and so you had 20 ray guns going on throughout the house, and, and the parents looked at my mom, her kids looked at her and said, well, thanks, mom, we really appreciate that, and so the ray gun's going off. All right, that's what grandparents do, amen. Praise the Lord. And then send you on home. All right. We are living in um, very challenging times. I have never in my life in the 37 years of ministry, pastoring, ever seen something to navigate through than what we're navigating through right now. And I know you in your own personal life, you have never had to face anything like this and navigate through it like you are now and God will help you depend on him and trust in him but there's never been a time like today but you know what when Jesus comes there'll never be a day like that day ever in history and so that's okay this uneasiness this strangeness this weirdness this unusual feeling and this pressure around us is all leading toward that epic event when he comes back and he is coming back the rapture is going to take place we're going to get out of here i'm looking ready i'm ready to fly out of here amen and let me tell you this so those of you who are a little bit disappointed in life right now maybe you're facing some things some heartache some disappointment some pressure a loss of job 
worrying about what to do, how, you know, for a long time we were complaining we couldn't get toilet paper. And, you know, things of this uncomfortable nature. That's okay. You know what? That's the goodness of God. God is making his people uncomfortable with this world. Because I think we've been comfortable too long. We have been comfortable too long in this world. Thinking that our government and our leaders and our money and our possessions and our power and our name, American, is going to do it. It's not going to do it because America is as any other nation, though it's a great nation. I pray for America. I love America. I would give my life for America. And I do consider myself in my mindset that being a patriot, I believe we should say the Pledge of Allegiance. I do believe in the American flag. If this gets banned from Facebook, I don't care. But you heard it, and it's on podcast. But I'm telling you that this is a, I thank God for our country, and I thank God for those who served in our military, those who get paid the ultimate price. And those in our nation that have, are walking with, you know, with, they don't have their legs or their arms, and they, they, prosthetics, and trying to function and seeing these young people like this and just wanting to make it back home to a land that they love and really care for. What has made America strong has been because the name of Jesus Christ has been lifted up in this nation. And if this nation is going to survive, Jesus' name is still going to have to be lifted up and recognized as being Lord. And so God says, okay, things going to get a little bit uncomfortable. The church is going to face persecution. It's coming. It's right around the, the horizon. I would be surprised. I would not be surprised that there will be great persecution within five to ten years with the Christianity because we, we are wanting, they are wanting, there are enemies of the church. But that's okay. There's always been an enemy. And whenever the enemy has reared its head to try and tear down the church, the church begins to flourish. Miracles begin to happen and healings begin to happen because God's people begin to search and begin to cry out and go before God and say, God, we need your help. God, we need you more now than ever before. And that's what's going to happen. There's going to be a great revival among a great pressure. There's always revival when there's pressure, and there's pressure right now. But that's okay. That's okay. And what are we to do with those who are defaming our monuments and making a mockery of patriotism in America? What are we to do? I'll tell you what we to do. We are to introduce to them, to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, to Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, and give them the love of God because that's what they're searching for. That's what they're longing for. There's no freedom outside of Jesus Christ. Everything else is man-made, and everything that's ever been made by man has always decayed, worn out, broke down, needed to be replaced. Everything you have that's been manufactured, it gets old. It wears out. Whatever man touches uh, doesn't last forever and because of man's sin and the curse of sin this world is decaying and falling apart but I will tell you this there will be a new heaven and there will be a new earth and that the Lord Jesus Christ still sits upon the throne and our Lord and Master is coming back he's coming back he's coming back hear me he's coming back I'm not trying to be a fear monger here. I'm trying to complete what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 
He said, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the cloud, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And let me finish it, and wherefore comfort one another with these words. He's coming back. He's coming back. Hallelujah. He's coming back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Though every day I pray for my president, he is your president because he's in office, no matter who it is. Though there be the worst person in the world in the White House, and some may have their opinions, we are to pray for them and ask God to help them and guide them and steer them. How many Christians believe that? We need to pray for our nation. Amen. We need to pray for all of those who are trying to make decisions, who think they have the right decision. We need the wisdom of God. We need God to move. We need revival. Amen. Hallelujah. Let the noise be out on the streets. Not those shouting and screaming and yelling perverse language. But let the noise be out on the street. Jesus Christ is coming again. The Lord is coming. And let the noise be sound abroad. That there's a shaking and a quaking down the road. And it's called the church house. And the church house has come alive. Because God's people have come alive. And the Holy Ghost anointing is flowing. Not only in the church house but out in the streets uh, such as on the day of Pentecost there was a noise that went on in the upper room and, and those outside in the street said what means this what's going on it wasn't a protest it was an outpouring of the Holy Ghost it was a giant great cry of the birthing of the church of Jesus Christ that's what we need and I'm so glad that I got Jesus. Anybody in the house? Anybody in the house? Anybody in the house glad you got Jesus? <laughs> oh, I got Jesus. The pressure's, pressure's going on. Oh, the pressure's going on. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I got to say this. I don't want anybody to die. I don't want anyone to die. And, you know, I'd like for people to live forever, but they're not. And so the Lord provided a solution through his word. He sent his son so that we might have eternal life. This world, if I, this world is my home, then as Paul said, if, if you know, if all I have is this world, he says, I'm a man most miserable. I'm a miserable man. And you're miserable if you think this world is everything that you're living for. Oh my goodness. I'm living because you're living. You're living because you're in Jesus. And the life you have is in Christ. And him alone. And so we hear the reports of the COVID-19 Reports are coming out and coming in in numbers. We hear numbers spiking, going up and such. And there's such question of why do you believe so much information that this information age, this, this information age has created a paradox. And the paradox is no one knows what to believe in anymore. Because there's so much else out there. It makes me think of the paradox of truth of the word of God. Man has tried to come forward with other word outside of the word of God. 
but you and I take the word of God as being the truth. There is no question against that truth. That is what we live by and we stand on is the word of God. So with the COVID virus going on, the concerns of the economy and the jobs and where are people going to go and about the riots and the violence that we see on the news, all these things along with our lives of daily struggles can create what I would call an epidemic of worry. You don't need to worry. Don't worry. Jesus tells you not to worry in the Sermon on the Mount. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, tune in and join in because you'll know more. Read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. You'll find out that he tells you not to worry. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Not to worry, not to fret. The worry is nothing but a rocking chair that you burn up a lot of energy in, but you don't get anywhere. It may take you for a ride, but you are not going to solve anything. Worry is not going to solve worry 99.9% of the time, even isn't even necessary. All it does is it begins to stifle us and stall us and hold us and confine us and wrap us up and tie us up. That's all it does. It captivates and, and then therefore we can't move and we're not free. Jesus said, don't worry. Don't worry. Your father knows before you even pray those things that you have need of. Don't worry. Don't fret about it. Knowing if I take care of the birds, don't you know that I'll take care of you? Don't worry. Don't worry. Worry is derived. I think Norman Vincent Peale said that worry was derived from an Anglo-Saxon word that means to choke or strangle. And so therefore we don't need to worry. Worry will strangle us and choke us and bog us down. Don't worry. The Bible says casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. He cares for you and he cares for me. Amen. We got a song in the house because Jesus cares for me. Amen. We can sing this morning and glorify God because as we sit down, Jesus cares for me. As we get in our cars, Jesus cares for me. As we go home, Jesus cares for me. As I go to the workplace, Jesus cares about me. He cares all about us. So why wouldn't I cast all my cares upon him? Oh, he cares for me. He really cares for me. You ever had someone listen to you and really not listening? And after you spend a long time talking to them and they have ADHD or whatever it is, they have attention deficit and they're looking all over the place, they're not listening, all of a sudden it's like you realize you spent a long time talking to somebody that wasn't cued in to where you're at. Then all of a sudden you either you get mad or you say, well, I'll talk with you later. Not. You know, but it's, it's, but you won't get that with your master. You won't get that with your Jesus. Are you praying to him? Because he's listening. He cares about you. Why wouldn't you pray? Quit talking. Quit putting up posts on Facebook. Quit telling everybody your problems. And quit asking prayer requests if you aren't praying yourself. Yeah, you might as well be talking to somebody who really don't care. Not that that's what happens when you put up a prayer request on a prayer, prayer uh, page on Facebook, but you know what I'm talking about. You get down, we get down, we become passionate, we cry out for the souls of our sons and our daughters. 
We grieve and cry out to God for salvation of our co-workers. We grieve and cry out to God, oh God, save them before you come. Lord, forgive them of their sins, oh God. Let me be the Christian that you want me to be, oh God. I pour out my heart to you, oh Lord. I know that you hear me, God. I claim their life. I know they're going to be saved. I know they're going to be delivered. I know you're going to work, oh God. Hallelujah. And so... In Acts 20, did you? Yeah, you've been waiting. I see your pages open. Good. Acts 20, verse 22 through 27. Paul's writing here. He's getting nothing but good, bad news. It's the only way you can kind of explain it. It's good, bad news. Wherever he's going, he's getting, he's heard prophecy. He's had the Spirit speak to him over and over again. You're going to be chained. You're going to face trials. That's, that's all he's heard. When you go to Jerusalem, they're going to, they're, they're going to bind you. And he's still making his journey toward a place he knew he was going to go to no matter what even if people didn't think or even the church people were trying telling him not to go he was going to go anyway why he gives explanation of it he gives it in these verses and he says he says and see now i go bound in the spirit to jerusalem now bound in the spirit really actually the translation that word or the word usage is a weak usage of scripture there in Acts because it's uh, it's pneumati and pneumati means breath and pneumati means and if you may have noticed in your translation it may have spirit in large and capital letter and in other translations will have spirit in small letter now there's a difference. The capital letter means Holy Spirit. Small letter means Spirit of Man. And Pneumati brings that out because it could be used as breath, as a spirit, a man. That's where you get the 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 name of the the word usage, pneumatic, as air driven tools. Pneumatic tools is that's pneumati, and so it's through air, through breathing. And so here it's, it's, it could be both. It doesn't matter because really I've read it through all different translations and it's different and different ones. So don't get concerned. Don't get worried because really it doesn't really matter when it comes down to the motive of it is because it can mean the Holy Spirit, that same word that I was bound in the spirit or I was bound in my heart, in my spirit, man, Paul. It could mean that too. Either or, literally, either it's by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has everything to do with it, whether it be him or even Paul's spirit. The Holy Spirit is doing the pressure and doing the work and doing the calling and doing the binding. Paul, he says, I'm bound. I'm committed. I'm, I can't go in any other direction. I have to do this. Yeah, wow. You ever been in that situation? You're committed. You have to do it. 
You know, you parents, when you correct your kids, you'll tell them, now this is going to hurt me more than what it does you, but you know the truth. I never believed it when I was a kid. My mom, get that belt now, Ronnie Lee. It's going to hurt you more what's going to hurt me. It's going to hurt me more what's going to hurt me. That's what I really heard. This is going to hurt you more what's going to hurt me. But what she really was saying, this is going to hurt me more than what it will you. See, I'm, I was indoctrinated. See, it just that I, some of my personal uh, uh, mind just went out there. It, it was one of those slips that maybe it was really the way I always thought. This is going to hurt me more than what's going to hurt her. I felt like saying, okay, lady, let me hold the belt. And let's see if I, let that be my punishment. But that wasn't that way, you know. You will, anybody in here relate? That might be banned from Facebook, too. I don't know. But probably. Is it? Uh, it may be. Oh, whatever. But Paul says, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. I have to go. I'm bound. This, even though I've heard everything, everything, everything against, but the spirit draws, and I must do, I must do this. I must do Knowing that the things that will happen to me there except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city saying chains and tribulations await me you ever feel like that's all you're getting is all this bad news all the time you know you're looking for a change in restrictions but they just seem like they want to slow down and on and on I'll tell you my patience is being tried is your patience being tried but somehow love always has to motivate me and understand people. The Lord's teaching us in this, my friends. He's teaching us in all this to have to rely on him and love people above all things. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord and love your neighbor. And so, he said, chains and tribulations await me. But then he says something, you and I, I want you to highlight, I want you to underline it in your Bible. I want you to mark this spot. I want it to be your mantra this week and say it. I want you to post it on Facebook. I want you to say it every day and say, but none of these things move me. None of these things move me. Nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. I'll tell you what, you, you and I need to take these verses and make them personal. Paul is a great example, so much an example in God that when the people were having trouble knowing what to do, he said, he just said plain, he said, just do what I do. Just do what I do. And this is what you and I can do in this age is to take this as a plan and a goal in our life that we have not shunned to declare the whole counsel of God that we have no man's blood is upon our hands as written in Ezekiel chapter 3 if we don't warn those 
that are in the city of the enemy coming and warn them of their condition and of their sins. If they die in their sins and we know of it and we've done nothing at all, Ezekiel says that that blood is applied to our hands. But he said, if you warn and they refuse to listen, then their blood is not applied to your hand. Paul said, listen, I have not shunned, I have not withheld the whole counsel of God. I have shared the message of Jesus Christ and there's no blood on my hand. How do you do that in this world? Let Jesus be the center of your conversation. Let Jesus be about the COVID-19 talk and post. Let Jesus be about all the rioting and stuff. Talk about him. Bring people back to the center, to the truth of Jesus Christ and his mercy and his forgiveness and his love. Amen. Do you know what the greatest message is today among God's people and in the church house? It's been the one that's supposed to have been the one ever since the very beginning of time of the inception of the church. It is Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. That's the message of the church and God's people. And that ought to be coming out of our mouths and to other people. And we can declare all this junk going on. None of this moves me. Now how can that be? None of this moves me. I mean we could talk all positive. You ever tried to go the positive route? How many here do that? Try to go positive, positive, positive. All of a sudden, something negative comes out. Oh, no, now i got to start all over again. <laughs> i got to do better next time. A little bit better, a little better, better. Talk, 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 talk good, talk good. Be careful, talk. And you should, you should put your tongue under discipline. Yeah, it's a flame of fire for you to consume. It will destroy lives and destroy you. So we try that. We try and memorize stuff and do stuff. You know, try to learn scriptures. Let's learn scripture, scripture, scripture. It's good. Do that. Okay. That's good. You, you need to do it anyway, but I'm getting somewhere. Just wait here for a moment. Okay. I'm getting you. Okay. But then you don't learn the right ones or you don't remember. You don't learn enough memorizing. You can't speak. It's like you keep on, we keep on doing this human thing. Make ourselves better and do better. When the answer all along, when Paul said that he says, none of this moves me. It doesn't rock me. That's what the, the word move in the Greek is. is a, it's a rocking. It's a moving out of place. Nothing moves me. Do you know how Paul did it? Though he knew the word of God. I mean, knew the Old Testament a lot and decided he's going to write a lot of New Testament. He wrote letters, never knew it would be what it is, but God anointed and God used him. But, but the thing, how did Paul do this? He says how he did it. He makes it clear how he did it. It, it wasn't this self-awareness and self-improvement and meditation and all this stuff of do it, do it, WWJD, Jesus. You know, what, what, what would Jesus do? I mean, these things are all good, but they're incomplete to try to accomplish the ability such as he had to say, none of these things move me. I'll tell you what he did. He just simply, and he said what it is. He says, I die daily. I die to sin. 
I died to the, 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 uh, to the flesh and to the world, I die daily. And a good example is this, which I would tell you, do not do this illustration. Do not try it. Do not even attach my name to it if you do it. But you go into a funeral home during a funeral service. You go up there during the viewing and you go up to that person that's in the casket and you try and scare them. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen. Because we know they're dead to what is around them. And so in Christ Jesus, we're to die in the flesh. So the devil can't get a rise out of us. So the devil can't get us to act up and respond and react. God wants us to be proactive, not reactive at this time. And it's so easy to be reactive. I mean, it flows in my veins to be reactive. Come on, somebody are shouting the house. That's me, pastor. That's me. It's so easy give someone peace of my mind it's so easy for me to type out something there to, as a reply to somebody what they posted and like I said they really don't care they just want to get a rise out of you that's all they it's so easy be standing in a long line saying man Walmart ought to do something about this yeah yeah prescription pharmacy line you know, I feel sorry for those people working behind that counter. By the time you get to the window, it's better now. By the time you get there, it's like, oh, I, you want to say all the things you did. I've been standing here for 30 minutes. Is there a problem here? Yeah, I want to speak to the manager. Oh, that's right. You are the boss over the manager, right? Well, I'm the customer. Well, okay, but what we need to do is look at that person behind that counter and say, how's your day doing? You kind of have a rough time. Looks like you're real busy. I'm sorry for you. I'll pray for you. You know, the Lord will help you. He'll help you during the stress. Bring up Jesus. Would somebody please bring up Jesus? Amen. Guess what? He died on the cross. He rose in three days. He ascended back into the Father. He's sitting at the right hand of God, making intercession for us day after day after day after day. I'm glad Jesus doesn't have his moment. Well, Ron, he's doing it again. I don't know why I even waste my time. I've stood in line forever for him to finally change, and he's still doing the same stuff again. But he doesn't do that. He makes intercession for us. He believes in us. He's a comfort. He's a help. He's a strength. He's a healer. He is my rock that you and I stand on. Hallelujah. So you just need to die to the, to the man. Die to the flesh. Lord, every day get up, Lord. Crucify my flesh, Lord. Let me be like Jesus. Let me be by, like the Lord. Like the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Paul said, he says, I have been, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Christ did it all, didn't he? Jesus did it all. Psalm 16, 8 says, I have set the Lord always before me, and because he's at my right hand, at my right hand, I shall not be moved. I'm not going to be moved. I'm not going to be moved. I shall not be moved. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It's not in vain. How many here believe in Jesus coming back? Don't you think we ought to get ourselves in order and our house in order? Notice I didn't say our house in order because now if we say that, then suddenly we can blame our spouse or our teenagers or kids. But no, you get in order. You and I get in order and then our house in order. We get straightened up with him. Listen, I want to hear the trumpet. Don't you want to hear the trumpet? I want to get out of here when the time is up. I want to go and time to go up. We need to be rapture ready. We need to be ready and waiting and listening and knowing that he's coming back again. We need to wake up as a church and realize he is coming back again. These are the last days. These are the last of the last days. These are the last days. And Jesus is coming back soon. Because all Americans know now that churches can be closed down. And that uh, businesses can be closed down. And that whole governments can be totally changed by uprising and rebellion. Do you see this is in America and America is supposed to be the stability of the world. God help the world. Because America needs Jesus. But there's a remnant of people. Did you know why I believe that America's not in prophecy? You can't find really a true resemblance, though some will try and pick and find where will be America after rapture. Do you know why you won't find America really? You can see other nations, but you can't see America. It's because there's so many Christians in this country that everything is going to fall apart in America, and we won't even be third in the rank of powers of the world. We'll be much lower, and so we will become insignificant. Because the church will be gone, Christians will be gone, and America will be affected more than I hope so. I hope so. I hope every person that lives in America knows Jesus Christ is their personal Savior. Amen. I'd like to see it shut down, closed down, because the rapture took place, and everybody's moved into God's kingdom, and in that real estate, in a vast and glorious place. That's what I was. Amen, 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 amen. Meanwhile, I'll pray for my nation. I pray for my leaders. I pray for them. I pray, oh God, help them and minister to them, give them strength. For if these are uncertain, crazy times for us, can you imagine trying to navigate that and work through a whole nation of nearly 300, uh, 300 million people? I almost made a gap there. I won't say any more, but uh, 300 million people. How many here knows that your Jesus can take care of you? I love 27th Psalm. 
I quote it many times when people facing the worst of situations. I go in the hospital room and someone's dying or someone's got a disease and they're battling, they're in pain, they're struggling. And I'll use that verse of scripture because it's so powerful. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He's bigger and he can. Oh, he can. I, don't get me started. I can preach on he can. But he can. He's a Lord and he's going to take care of you. He can and he will. He will. And someone says he does. He does. We're living walking testimonies of the care of the Lord. Can I get a witness this morning? Oh, somebody praise Jesus. Somebody praise Jesus for what he's done and what he's doing. I mean, go on again in spontaneous praise right now. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, you're doing it. You're doing it, Lord. You're taking care of me. Hallelujah. I've cast all my cares upon you because you care for me. Hallelujah. You care for me. You really, truly care for me, oh, Lord. You're coming back for me. You care so much about me that I'm not going to leave you there, Ron. I'm going to, and if you go by the way of the grave, I'm going to raise you up hallelujah because I care for you I care for you blessed be the name of the Lord oh hey hallelujah I look through this room and I see some Jesus people some who was that band that said, called us Jesus freaks? Any Jesus freaks in the house? Oh yeah! Hallelujah! Madly in love with him, crazy about my Jesus. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh, you're crazy about your Lord. You're crazy about your God. Oh Lord. 